what age you are. Once you say yes to Jesus, you are a child of God. And we thank him, Lord, for that. Can we have a thankful heart today? Because we belong to him. And we're going to learn that we belong to him in one name. This means there's unity in Jesus. There's unity in his word. There's unity in his spirit. And we are one family in here. If you said yes to Jesus, you're for him and not against him. That's a good thing. If you said yes to Jesus one time in your life, he's got a plan for you. He's going to establish that plan if you open up your heart. I pray that the word of God leads you on that journey. Did you hear today that God spoke at this Reese conference? Did he not speak individually for every person? Did he not take what truth was and say, here's what it means to you? Did God's spirit, was it active and two-edged? Absolutely. And that's what I love about his word. That's why I love to send our kids to times that they can experience this, where 2,000 other children will come together and experience Jesus specifically for them. That's what I love about it. He's a God that's, he's a God that's personal. Listen to me. He's a God that's personal. And he loves you. And he wants to hold you and speak directly to you. And all you've got to do is say yes. Today, some of you need to say yes. Quit fooling around. Quit trying to do life on your own. And parents, don't try to be something you're not. Lead your children in the ways of the Lord. That means sometimes you have to say, I made a mistake. This isn't the way the Lord, this is my, this is my emotion. And when you're emotional, you go to our kids and you say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. I was wrong. We're not perfect parents. We're only perfect in Jesus. If we don't follow his ways, then we're imperfect parents. And what these kids need is example. In me and you. And we're one big family in here. That means kids can come in here and feel a family. Even when their moms and dads are distant from Jesus. You take the place of them. And that's what I love about letting our kids talk. And being and, and seeing Jesus love them. I'm so thankful they come back different and changed. I thank God for camp. I thank God for reach conferences. And I'm going to thank God every time they come into this building. Because I know there's no other place they can go to get what they get here or any place you go before Jesus, one minute in the presence of God is a lifetime. You and I both know that. Those, let me see the hands that had an experience with Jesus. He loved you. He held you. He showed you who he was. And you will never forget it. Those are the moments in life. Without those, I cannot go on. If I didn't have those moments with Jesus, I wouldn't be here. Would you? But when you do... You become a vessel of honor to those around you. Share with others how good he is. Because he is so good. He is so good. He works all things for the good of those who love him. No matter if you're in those positions right now, you don't understand. You may be fighting illness. You may be fighting fights among family. You may be fighting in. But I'm telling you, he works all things all things. As long as you surrender to Jesus and say, hey, take this vessel, make it whatever you want. I'm a piece of clay, but in the Father's hands, I can become something. And when you allow the Father to do that kind of work in you, 
you become a vessel of honor. And when one person is honored, guess what? The whole family is then honored. I don't know about you when I hear that kind of stuff about Jesus, them coming up here. Guess what? I become honored. When he is glorified, we all in the family of God become glorified. How many people like to be glorified in Jesus' name? That's what you do, you share. And I'm telling you, young people, would you do me a favor? When Jesus does something in your life, share it. Share it with a friend. And that's one thing about the world that never understand. The world that hates God, they'll never understand. When you give testimony how good Jesus is, and it's from your heart with passion, you speak with authority, and the world can never argue. They can argue about what they think is right and what they think is wrong. When it comes to the testimony of Jesus in you, they will never argue. They'll submit because that is a real deal. And reality is not found in your world. It's found in his. His kingdom is much different. And that's what I love about it. They go to reach. They didn't go to reach Columbus. They went to his kingdom. And when you go to God's kingdom, you'll never be the same. But he says this, you must become like a child before you can see it. Who wants to see the kingdom of God? And who wants to experience it? There's no other place you can go. That's why we gather together. So we can be encouraged in one another. We have got to learn how to be family in the church of God. What do you think? This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. That's a lesson on love. Who wants to be, who wants to be taught how to love? I do. I don't always do it right. I do my best, and sometimes my best isn't even a filthy rag. <laughs> but I want to learn how to do it. So we're going to, hit, we're going to touch on the subject. We, we took a snapshot of that last week. We're going to go this very, very slowly. If you were here earlier with Pastor Teresa, as she shared, I'm telling you, God is in the house, and he wants to teach us something. And we have to slow down to receive it. And you may have heard these verses a hundred times. Will you do me a favor today? We say, you open up your heart today and say, in Jesus' name, I open my heart. Teach this thing right now. Teach my mind that I will be transformed. Would you say that today? Because whenever you open God's word, every time you read it, he wants to speak in it. And he wants to teach us every single time. So don't go too quickly in your Bible. Don't just read over something and say, I got it. Don't do that. Take your time and every word means something. Every word of God means something. And so we're going to go in a couple verses. We're going to go very slowly. And God will teach us something today. How many people believe that you can be taught? Teach an old dog new tricks. And I tell you what, when he's done with me, <laughs> oh, he's so good. Let's go into this today. I first want to proceed what we're going to go into with this verse because the next verse is therefore. So we have to read the previous verse and get the context of this. Let's do this together. This is Paul who is in jail with afflictions and he is being beaten and yet he, he still marvels at God's work. Even when he is in jail, able to do zero, God will still work through you. How many people believe doesn't matter where you are? Doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, no matter where, no matter where you are in life and in rank, God can use you to do mighty things today. You can be a zero, and yet He makes you a thousand. You may think you're a zero, you may only think you're one, but He can take that one, He can make you a thousand right now. If you say yes to Jesus, whatever you want to use me for, I will be obedient to do it, and that's when it happens. 
How many people here say, use me, Isaiah said, use me, use, just use me. If you can do it, do it today. If you're open to do that today, I guarantee you, you're going to be worth a thousand or more. Whew. He is so good to us. Ephesians 3 says this in verse 13. I ask you not to lose heart at my tribulations. This is Paul speaking in jail. On your behalf, for they are whose glory? Paul was afflicted in jail, being beaten, and yet he still says this. Do not be worried about me in jail. Do not be concerned with me. Don't put all your emphasis on what the devil does. I want you to know something. I will do as God has called me to do, and you, you, church, will be glorified. Think about that for a moment. Who glorifies? God. He's the only one who can bring glory to any person. But in affliction, even in affliction, even when you think you're a zero, he then says, I will make you a thousand because in you I will be glorified. And right now you can be a Jesus to somebody. Right now someone can see the glory of God because the God of this age tries to blind those who do not believe by what? So they cannot see the glory of Christ. That's the devil's work. He wants to see God's glory. You did today. How many wants to be God's glory? You can be that today. Can't be God, but you can be used as a vessel to bring Him glory, and you become glorified in that. I don't know about His words. Good. He says, "For your glory, He does this." That is called unity. We are one body. No matter what you go through, what I go through, when we come to church, we celebrate Jesus. We are one family. Guess what happens? We're unified in one mind, one spirit, one heart, and one love. That's what happens. It's not about you. It's what Jesus does in you. And that's what we'll see in the family. So that's what's established. And then we'll go into our next lesson. The lesson is this. It's called family. And I love this verse. And this may be all we get to today. It doesn't matter. Because in this verse, I want you to get this. It says in Ephesians 3, 14 and 15, for this reason, Paul says, in this reason of what we just said, being afflicted in jail, being persecuted in jail, he says, but for this reason, because when I am persecuted, you are glorified. When I am downtrodden and I am beaten, you are glorified in Christ Jesus. And because of that, he says, for this reason, I bow my knees. I humble myself. I don't know about you. Someone pushes me, I push back. That's what guys do. Even this young man who's bigger than I am. He pushes me, I'll try to push back. I try to push back. You push me, I push back. Paul's saying, you can't do that. By my persecutions, you become glorified. So because you're glorified in Jesus' name, go ahead and push me. Push me down. Persecute me. Beat me. Because you get glorified. See, that's the kind of humble humbleness none of us ever want to do. None of us, especially guys. We want to fight back. But if you can, for God's sake, in his name, be able to humble yourself, then your brother and sister will be glorified. That's how easy. It sounds easy, doesn't it? For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth derives its name. There's unity because family means 
Possession of the one whom received name is derived. That means whose possession are you? Those who say, I give my life to Jesus Christ, you are possessed. You are owned today. You are no longer yourself. You belong to the king. The king of righteousness. The king who created heavens and earth. You are in his family based on his name. That's good news. I'm I'm not Jim Barton. Though that's my earthly name. And we tried to bring identity around that. I tried to do things to build up who? Jim Barton. And he says, forget that. I've got a name for you. And your name is in my unit. You are in my family under one name. One name. And that's what I love about this. Be unified. In this, they're going to be, and that's where he glorifies. So one person is persecuted. The other one's honored. One is lifted up and glorified. The other one's brought down. But in one family, we are one in spirit and mind. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom the whole family, whole family of God, in heaven and earth, derives its name. Where's your name? It says, the name means authority, cause, reputation, the manifestation of revelation of someone's character. Whose character? His, not yours. His reputation, not yours. You represent a king. His reputation, his perfection, his love is now in you. You become him. Not God. Listen to me. Never be like that. But you have his character, his mind, and in that you become one family with one name. You see, who's our owner? Jesus. (laughs) One family under heaven and earth derives its name. Authority under that. So why do you have authority as a Christian? Because you're under one name, under Christ Jesus, him alone. You have it, authority. You see, one family. We don't even understand our authority. We love one another, can't we? We can can learn how to love one another as a family. You come in the store, we'll love you. We we don't want you to head out here the same person. We want to love you, we want to encourage you. But guess what? In that encouragement is authority. In this place, in this house, because you are are under one name, under his reputation, under his power, you yourself receive something you never thought you could. And all we got to do is love one another. For God is love. You love one another. In that love, something will be found. Isn't it amazing? When we love one another in church, there's something in that we'll never truly understand. The agape love of God is in you. And when we gather together, you don't only receive love that you may be used to or maybe not used to. You receive something more. Authority. His reputation. His character. Everything about God can be found in you for one another. We need each other, don't we? You see how much we need to come together now? We need each other. Because in you, Christ lives. And in you, I find Jesus. And I find his authority. Wow, if we could just get this. It's why we need to love one another. It's why we need to love one another. We miss this part. Someone read, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Forever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. If you can read that and pass it and not understand it, you are not of him. 
You see, there's something in every verse. There's something in what he says. And if we can't, listen, if, you can't, if we can't love one another as husband and wife, Jesus says this, love your wives as I, Jesus, loved the church and gave my life for it. And people say, well, I can read right past those love verses. Oh, that's just, that's just milk. If we don't start doing what we know is right, if we have no understanding. If you can't love your wife like that, and your wife can't submit your husband in all ways as unto the Lord, then where's God's love? You see how lost we are? But the Spirit of God that's in you is now trying to teach you what truth is. He's, the, the Spirit of God is trying to teach you who Jesus is and what Jesus did. And if you can't turn around and love the spouse that God has given to you, then something's wrong. Gee, where's Jesus in that? You say Jesus is in you. You've given your life to Jesus, but you can't love your wife. You can't love her. And wives, come on now, says submit your husbands in all ways. Come on, how hard is this? It's very hard. But where's God's love in this? Where's the authority? Where's his reputation? Who is the Jesus that you know? And then when you love somebody, it's not there. Can you imagine being on the only receiving end of that and saying, who's this man I married or who's this woman I married? Where's Jesus in that? We have a lot to learn, don't we? We have, a, be honest now, we have a lot to learn. And if we are able to open our hearts to, and just say, Jesus, would you teach me how to love? I mean, love like you do. The same love that sent your, Father, you sent your son to die for me upon that cross. That's where I want to get my love from. That's what I want to learn. Let's just go on. No, this is the one name. Zechariah teaches us this. And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. And in that day it shall be. The Lord is one. And his name is what? The Lord is one, and his name is one. Let's talk about unification. There's where love exists. That's what I loved about the church. We're unified together. That's where we know that the Lord's name comes from. It's one. Old Testament. Then the Mark takes it. Listen to this. Whoever receives one of these little ones in my name receives who? Me being Jesus. And whoever receives me being Jesus receives not only me, but what? The one who sent me, that's the Father in heaven. So let's just do this. So we're going to stop right there because this is getting way too heavy. We talked about one name, one unification, one God, right? One spirit, one family under one name. That name is reputation, is character. Who he is in Christ Jesus is now seen in you like it was seen in Jesus. Jesus says, you want to see the Father? Look at me. Jesus says, if you want to know the Father, then look at me. And that's what you're going to say for those around you. If you want to see Jesus, then look at me. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. If you want to see Jesus, look at me. How's that going to be done? By how you love one another. How you really love one another. And I know all of us struggle with this. All of us have fights with our family. We can have disagreements here in Eden Church. We struggle with this. To love as he has loved us. Whoever receives one of these little ones. Whoever embraces one of these little ones. All of you. If, when I go to you, J.D., and I don't embrace you and I don't love you, then I have not received you. You see, we can pass someone by on church and say, hi, how are you doing? You never received them. You never welcomed them. 
And I said, well, I was just kind to them. Hey, Mark, how you doing today? And if I walked by, what did I just do? I did not receive him. I just recognized him. And we can continue to do that in this place. We continue to walk by each other and say, we're just going to do a dance. We're going to do a song. We're going to do a praise. And we can do all those things which are good. Not saying they're not good. But if you don't receive one another in love, then where's Jesus in here? So if I can't come to someone and really care about them enough to really pray, really be concerned about them, and share my life with someone, instead of saying, hey, Mike, how you doing today? What if I choose to adopt this man? What does this really mean? Can I walk by him from now on and just say, how you doing? Or do I choose to spiritually adopt this brother and love him like Christ would? There it becomes the challenge because now things change. And see, when we come to church, we receive one another. You don't come in here and recognize. Alicia, I could just recognize you today. And your four boys, three boys, where are they at? They're heading all this way. Oh, there's a fourth one now. Thank you for adopting him. Because that's, that's what it means, right? Here's the thing, though. If God is in the midst of us, and things in our life are shared. That's not wrong for that adoption, is it? When you know that happens in Jesus' name, under one reputation, under one Jesus you trust, he becomes one in your family. He's spiritually adopted. You can't treat him like an, like an alien anymore. The more you get to know him, the more you love him. And the more you adopt him like anyone else, the more this becomes one family. You see, we got to receive one another. It takes Jesus' moments to do that. Right? So who wants Jesus' moments with those and choose to adopt them in a spiritual way like the Father has adopted you? He says, love them. I've adopted you. I've adopted you. I love you so much. You're part of my family. Now, adopt others. Receive them. And it's very nice. Who receives one of these little ones, the little children? I'm a little child. It says, in my name receives me, Jesus. So when I choose, Mike, to come and receive you and to be a part of you, who do I receive? Just Mike or who do I get with him? Who do I get with him? Bible says this, Jesus. He says, well, I love Jesus. You can't pass up your brother, can you? You can't pass him up and not receive him because Jesus is found in your brother. Because when you receive one of these little ones, you receive Jesus. And if you receive Jesus, you receive the Father in heaven. There's where one name exists. That's what it's all about. So what should church be for you? We should spend more time receiving one another. Not just passing by. Not just saying hello, how are you? And not sitting down. I mean receive them in a spiritual sense. That when you're with them, you know there's more to the relationship than you ever could dream. Because within you is Jesus. And if I really love him, then I need to love you. If I miss that, I miss Jesus. And I came to church to get him. I can leave church without him. Because I haven't received one person. So what we should do in here is this. Yeah, we, we can have a party. I like parties. You can come in and get coffee. You can talk. Would you do me a favor from now on? Receive people in the family. Take a moment. Open up your heart in love 
as God has loved. And you will find something amazing. No longer will you ever feel alone. You're no longer will you feel you're doing this thing on your, by yourself. Or fighting a disease by yourself. Or facing a conflict in your house by yourself. Or the devil that knocks on your door by yourself. Receive and Jesus is in the midst. And you can fight this thing together. That's why you need church. So if you wake up tired, where should you come? You wake up with a headache, where should you come? You wake up with an affliction in your house, where should you come? You, you, you got beaten up, where should you come? See, that's why church says, in the last days, he says, do not forsake meeting together, as some of you are in a habit of doing. But all the more, all the more, meet together to encourage one another. Why? Because when I receive you, I receive Jesus. So if I choose my headache, then what have I done? I've embraced what the devil's doing, and I missed on what Jesus could do. When it says to pray for one another, it doesn't mean, hey, what prayer needs? It means I need to choose, Gary, to receive you. And when I receive you in love, guess what happens? I'm getting Jesus. It's an exchange. And when I pray, it's no longer about the affliction. It's about the love I have for Gary and not the enemy's work. It's not give the enemy's work any bid. You see, when we really know each other, it's when I see you downcast and I can walk right by. Hey, how you doing? And you can turn and smile. And I said, there, that's all I needed was a smile. I didn't receive you. I didn't receive you. And I can guarantee it if there's a starving child right here and I can see it starving and I walk by, who would do that? Who in here would ever walk by a starving child? Never. You see, you need to receive them as if one of these little ones. And when you stop and say, I need to help this child, and you pick them up and you give them something to eat, now you've received them. Now you're making a difference. Now you care. Do you have to see suffering before you react? Or can you just be a part of someone's life now? I don't know about you. I want to know more about Jesus. I want to know more about his love because I don't want to say, oh, I've read this verse before. I've got it. Or I want to say, no, wait a second. There's a lot more I need to learn. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus today. I thank you for the testimony of these children. It's just a reminder that you can speak any word to any child at any time. And, Lord, you're here to encourage. And, Lord, you called us to love others as you have loved us. And, boy, that's where it gets hard, Lord. That's why we need you. That means I need to come before Jesus every day and say, Lord, use me. Because I need your help and I want to do your will. So, Lord, I pray today in Jesus' name that we learn as a church body how to receive one another. And you say, if we receive these in our family, then we receive you, Jesus. And if we receive you, then we've received the Father that's in heaven. <laughs> what an amazing opportunity and potential. So, Lord, teach us today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.